All right, screw this whole thing. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. It's Gersh Kutzman of the New York Daily News with Vince DiMaselli of the Brooklyn Paper hosting Brooklyn Paper Radio as we do every Tuesday morning live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. Yep. I call it America's downtown because I got to say, Vince. Yes. Downtown Brooklyn is changing for the better every day. Changing for the better as in... Like somebody that gambles on horses? Nope. Well, yes. If you gambled on downtown Brooklyn, you won because high-rises are going up, bike lanes are being installed, pedestrians are even waiting at lights. It's fantastic to bike through downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown, as I did this morning. On my way to see you, Vince, we got a big show. Uh, So I hear. We are going to be delving into an only-in-Brooklyn issue, a, a young kid by the name of Eli Frankel. He's 16, Johnny. He's 16. Eli Frankel? Yeah, he's my dermatologist's son, if you must know. He wrote an op-ed for the Daily News, the failing Daily News this week, uh, about whether 17-year-old men and women, I call them men and women, I don't call them boys or girls, 17-year-old men and women should be allowed to vote in statewide elections. No. He wrote an op-ed, and I got to say, Johnny, the first draft of the op-ed was great. I barely had to edit it at all. Wait, wait, so now you're editing op-eds at the Daily News? Well, the Daily News is going down, so everybody's got every bucket in a storm. Anyway, Eli had the op-ed, and he's pushing... New Assemblyman Robert Carroll, who replaced Jim Brennan in Park Slope. Who's practically a (laughs) 16-year-old. Practically. He's a young kid. I think he's a 20-something. Anyway, he's pushing the bill. And today at Albany, at the State House in Albany, and by the way, we have a very unconventional State House in Albany. Have you ever been to the State House? I've actually driven by it, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful State House, but it's not. there's no golden dome. It's more like an executive mansion, if you will. Anyway, there's going to be a bunch of teenagers up there, teenage men and women, lobbying on behalf of Eli Frankel's bill. So Eli's going to be calling us in a couple of minutes, but I would be remiss if I didn't start the show by A, pointing out that Vince DiMaselli is a handsome man to my right, but also talking about a tale of two city fields. A tale of two city fields. How is it a tale of two city fields? Sunday afternoon, I took my boy to the Met game at City Field, watched the Mets... Baseball! Watched the Mets manage one hit against the Miami Marlins. Ouch. And sure enough, Vince DiMaselli goes the very next day. The next night. And what happened? The Mets won the, practically in overtime. Bottom of the ninth inning, we get a game-winning hit with two outs. Who, was, who hit it? I don't even know. Neil Walker. Oh, Walker. He didn't walk this time. He hit it. But the point is. Singled down the line, won the game. The reason- and it, it just goes to show you that mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Gersh goes to the game, it stinks. When Vince <laughs> goes to the game, it is fantastic. Is Everybody's it, having a good time. Did you have free food at your game? All right, that, that is not what it goes to show you. That's what it shows you. I, I had free food. <laughs> we were sitting in the Hyundai suite. The what'd Hyundai you, suite, Gersh. What'd you pay for that ticket, Hyundai? I didn't pay nothing. Well, what's the face value of that seat? I think it's like an $85 ticket. Yeah. And that is the deal of the century. It's a good deal. My brother. I had foul balls bouncing all around me. And you, you were dodging home runs in right field. Giancarlo Stanton did hit two dingers against the Mets. Anyway, we got to get out. The point is, I enjoy City Field, but I cannot wait. Johnny, put up the schedule if you can. I cannot wait for my own beloved Brooklyn Cyclones to begin their season in mid-June. Vince and I will be there. You know that I'm the dean of the Cyclones press corps. And I got somebody for you to train this year. No, 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 no. If I get fired from the failing Daily News, as I think likely... You're, I'm going to need to be your Cyclones columnist. I have a kid. I got nope, a kid from, nope. from I am uh, the Brigham dean. Young University. I am the dean of the parks. Just do me a favor, Johnny. Put yeah. up a picture of me interviewing Wally Backman. That, and he Put had that his, up. He had okay. his shirt off. Right. Yeah. He, oh, he was great. Was great. No, he didn't have his shirt off. What's Tebow? his name? Tebow's making a shot. Last year's manager was always shirtless. 
Guys, I do want to put in another plug in addition to my fine coverage of the Cyclones. I want to put in a plug for my page three story. All of page three today dominated by a Gersh Kunstman column in the failing Daily News about Working Mother magazine. Do you know Working Mother magazine? Yeah, you subscribe, right? I, of course I read Working Mother. This, this week they put out their... 50 Most Powerful Moms list. Now, powerful I saw moms. this. No, I came over to your house last week, and I saw it on the coffee table. Yeah. And I was thinking 50 Most Powerful Moms. Is Vince DiMaselli's wife, Lisa Curtis, in there? She's, she's a, a mom. She's a powerful mom. Is my ex-wife, who, despite our differences in the bedroom, is a wonderful mother. Yep. Is she in there? She's a social worker. Nope. Not in there. No. Who's in there? The usual suspects. Beyonce, oh. Reese Witherspoon, Ivanka Trump, who, whatever you may think of the president, Ivanka Trump is a sham. Agreed. I mean, working mother with a staff of 15. Okay. So my point was dominating page three. Dominating. So if you can hear the sound of my voice, live or on tape, pick up the daily news today. That was, I guess, my voice. Yeah, that's breaking news. <laughs> that was breaking news. Anyway... <laughs> We got to get out. As I said, I'm on page three of the Daily News. <laughs> Great Cyclones reporter, sexy man. I'm all of those things, Johnny. That's right. But all I want to do is more. I just want to post on Facebook that we're online, that we're on, that we're live right now. Because I like and to you post have to pre- it. and you have to press like a hundred no buttons. I have yeah. no idea how this Facebook. Just app so works. you know, listeners, if if Vince DiMaselli doesn't talk for like five or six minutes on this show, it simply means he's trying to solve some technological problem either with Facebook Live or just with the larger community newspaper group. Because he's got, Johnny, you know this, he's got a stable of like 15 reporters out there, and they are working hard. They are working hard. But every minute of the day, the guy is interrupted by technological issues. Lots of issues. Wait till you try the phone. Do you know that I have what's called a decision overload? A DO. Yeah. I have a DO. My decision overload is, is based on the fact that Everyone, like, my job, people come into my office, ask me questions, yeah. and then I have to make a decision right then and you there. Have, you have ADHD slash DO. I have HD, <laughs> a, I have HD, AD. it's high definition attention deficit. Speaking of which, we were going to do- crystal clear. We were going to do an in the paper segment, because we think it's funny to do it on radio. And I don't know if you saw, Vince, the front page of Metro this today had the attention deficit disorder device, the fidget, on the front page. Everyone's talking about these fidgets. La- last week, everyone was talking about okay. these fidgets. Yeah, I last to, week, I actually went to a communion this weekend, and all the kids had their fidgets, and they were spinning them on their nose. Like that's the thing to do at a communion. At a communion. So what did the priest think? The priest doesn't say. No, hey, I kids. didn't go to the church. I just went to the after party. Oh, after party. Yeah. Anyway, it's on the front page of Metro, so that's great. Uh, but I got a little hat tip to my friends at the New York Post, that the failing New York Post. Great wood today. You know, Johnny, we call the front page the wood. You know why we call it the wood? No, why? You really don't know why? No idea. So in the old days, in order to make headline font that big, to be big enough to be seen you know, on the newsstand, you needed wood, di- wood, wood pieces instead of iron, instead of lead. You needed wood. I don't know why that was a hand carved to have big letters. So we used to call that the wood. It's fascinating. Like, in other words, you got the wood, meaning they put your story in wood. Anyway... We got to get out. The point is, hat tip to my friends at the New York Post, whose front page uh, about the Dark Knight, uh, Matt Harvey. It's a great little photo composite of Matt Harvey in a stocking cap, looking groggy because he had these late nights. And in a crook of his arm is his little Met, Mr. Met doll, which I thought was a nice little detail. Anyway, that's in the papers, and I we did that on radio just to highlight how completely dumb that would be to do on radio. And Vince is is out to lunch. I don't know where Vince is right now. I'm still I'm trying to I'm trying to post this thing on the Facebook. All right, we got to get out. Now I'm going to try the Twitter. We, we would be remiss if I didn't honor our sponsors before Eli calls. Atlas Steakhouse, Atlas yes. Meat Market, 
Dr. Joseph Lichter, the greatest dentist in Brooklyn, and of course, my friends at uh, Village Care Max were going to keep me alive and, and in the bedroom as long as I can. So, Vince, just so you know, the guy who's going to call, Eli yeah. Frankel. Oh, Eli's calling yeah. us. Out of the blue. He's Not Carol. I thought Carol was calling Carol's going to call us later in the show. Eli, okay. Eli Frankel's going to call us. He's calling us from a bus en route to Albany where he is going to lobby the legislature on behalf of a bill that would allow 17-year-old men and women to vote in statewide elections. Now, as you know, Vince, uh-huh. they can't drink, and they can't, uh, they, and they, but, but they can serve in the military with a parental consent, and 80% of 17-year-olds, Eli told me this, hold down jobs, meaning they're taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So are you going to have taxation without representation? Are you? Johnny's nodding yes. How old like are you, Johnny? Do. 27. You're 27. You're yeah. completely bald. That's right. Well, wow. like 90%. Yeah, no, it's no, real. You're it's just no, you're, it's bad. I mean, no. you're like cue ball. Yeah, you're like a cue ball. I'm I'm aging into my hair. I like and, to and we can, and Vince, we can get away with that because it's radio. So it, people don't think I'm objectifying Johnny. I think he's a handsome man. Me too. Bald is beautiful. Yeah. I always say it's a solar panel on a sex machine. Am I right? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you never heard that? No. So there you go. Okay. Well, as you why, know, I wrote. That's why we bring you here. You that's know, great. I wrote a book called Hair: Mankind's Historic Quest to End Baldness, published by Random House in 2001. That's a big deal. Pre 911 book. You haven't read it. I didn't even know it existed. I got to get up on your, your oh whole list gosh. of books. Johnny, can you put a copy of my book up on the screen on right now? Yeah, Hair, Mankind's Historic Quest to End Bald. This was my first book. You have great hair, by the way. Well, yeah, but that, but I see the reason I was able to write the book, Johnny, is because, as you know, you're a bald man. That's right. Bald men are perceived in our society as being less less virile, less sexy, less intelligent even in some st- surveys. And, and I knew, and I know that's not applying to you. No, because right? it's true. the less intelligence not. isn't the baldness. Yeah, how could you be smart if you can't keep your hair? That's right. But the point is, I felt I could write the book and tell the bald man's story because at that time, I was not the sexy man you see and our listeners here before you. I was a uh, chunkier. A little bit, little bit heavier. I was a bit of an apple juice addict. And that as was such, a problem. Apple, apple juice, the sugar. silent killer. Apple juice is the silent killer. And I was heavier. And back in those days, women generally would not give me the time of day. It's crazy. Uh, so I knew why what the bald men went why through. Why do you want apple juice? Well, you know, I thought apple juice was healthy because it was well, had a lot of vitamin C, and it was it was apple. It was juice from an apple. Well, mm-hmm. turns out, Vince, and th- I credit my ex-wife on this, uh, who finally broke me of the apple juice addiction. She said, "You know, you're drinking like five cups of sugar a day." Well, you know, the other thing is when you're drinking a glass of apple juice. You're, that's like five or six apples. It's like five or six apples. Like, who sits down and eats five or six I mean, apples at a clip, or in like 30 seconds? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Not 30 F- or 40 Five apples, apples a day, a day in, invites diabetes. All things in moderation, Gersh. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, you, you say, so I thought moderation. I'll have two glasses of apple juice. Let's take 10 apples. Right. That's a lot of apples. So I was. It's all the. Yeah, no, it's all the calories and all the sugar and none of the fiber. And really none of the pleasure. And I don't know what I was doing. I guess I was an addict. So anyway, to bring it back to Johnny's hair, right. you don't have any. That's true. Um, side I, hair, though, but. Uh, but do me the favor. You, yeah. And just for the record, Vince. Yeah. The reason Johnny's sexy is he does not do the comb over. That's right. And, and right. remember Giuliani? Freaking Giuliani? Yeah, freaking Giuliani. Freaking yeah. Giuliani was... Don't chew dare. No. Giuliani was objectively a reprehensibly physically repulsive man until he stopped doing the comb over. He got rid of the comb over. And you know what? Not a bad looking man. No, Would you like him on this show? or I'd love to have him on the show if he can hear the sound of my voice. Yeah, give us a call. Two six zero four five zero two seven one eight two six zero four five zero two. Rudy, if you're out there, give us a buzz. We do need to keep the lines open because Eli Frankel, 
who is from the Youth Progressive Caucus. It's like a new, it's like a new group. Who was supposed to call us three minutes ago. It's all right. He's, he's on a bus. Um, do me a favor, Johnny, or? put up put up the website for the Youth Progressive uh, group. It's a, it's a website started by Eli Frankel. He's a 16-year-old junior at Bard High School. Oh, it's a good Bard school. Bard High School. Yeah, Early college. Yeah, okay, great. It's a good, it's a great school. The point is he's making a point about helping teenagers get the right to vote. Now, Vince, where are you on this issue before you hear anything? Before I hear anything, I am against. Now, why is that? Teenage, because they don't know anything, and they shouldn't be voting. Okay. You, I think that the key You want an to, intelligence key, test for I, voting? No, I, I don't want an intelligence test for voting, although I do. <laughs> but I, I certainly don't want 16-year-olds voting. It's, it's like worst-case scenario. Why is that the worst case scenario? They don't know anything. Yeah, but many Frankly, voters the are voting age should be like 35. All right. Well, that, that would be, perhaps we should have a land-owning requirement. I'm not going that far. But, you know, you should be smart when you vote. No, you should be well-educated and informed. And part of the bill he's pushing, I'll, I'll mention this, because I know Assemblyman Carroll, who'll call in later, will mention it. Part of the bill includes additional civic and history education in the classes. And you can't argue that that's, that's invaluable. You need more, more history education. How I, wait, how do I know how much, how much of that they're getting right now? You can ask somebody. Well, maybe I can ask him. Okay, ask you'll ask him, him, and he'll say, we don't get enough civic and history. Like, in other words... One of the things that's in the bill, it says the students will learn more about the drafting and meaning of the U.S. Constitution. I learned everything I need to know about the U.S. Constitution from watching Schoolhouse Rock. I don't understand why you even have to. Where is Schoolhouse Rock now? My question. It's still out there. And the Supreme Court, as you know, the Supreme Court. Yeah. The Supreme Court. I'm just a bill. (laughs) Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. It almost was, if you remember that song, it was almost like a Randy Newman kind of song. It had a kind of a bluesy quality. Oh, yeah! All right, I don't know what That's that how it ended. Anyway. He became a law, Gersh. Well, he yeah, he, was signed, he passed both The houses. only problem with Schoolhouse Rock was I actually thought bills were living, breathing things that looked like Towley from, uh, yeah. from South Park. From well, South Park. Yeah, you, okay, well, that's great. You ready for this? Sure. When I was in seventh grade, Mr. Baglio who a lot of us called Mr. Scumbaglio. <laughs> I wonder why. We had to, you know, he, when you took his class, he said, all right, I'm, when you take my class, you, you're going to write the lesson down, you're going to read the lesson, you're going to speak the lesson out, you're going to do everything to the lesson except eat it. That's what he said. So we had to learn the preamble to the Constitution. Go. And. Go. We Mr. the people. Go. Mr. Baglio, or Mr. Scumbaglio, as some of us called him, he was shocked when he didn't even have to teach it, everyone in the room knew it, but he was confused as to why mm. we all sang it. And it went a little like this. We the people of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare at hand, ensure the blessings of our liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Now, I ask Eli, does he know that? Well... I will thank you. I will guarantee that Eli knows that. I will guarantee that he will sing it better because he goes to Bard. I can't wait to early. talk to him about this. I'm well, going to take I, I'm going to take the conservative radio host point of view on this. Really? You are an idiot. 
How do you know? Why is that the conservative position? Maybe the conservative <laughs> position is to let the young people I don't people know. Vote. No, I'm saying I'm going to do it as if I'm a conservative talk show host. Oh. Can you get this wire out of the way? Because Eli's going to call Can on we that. get him to call on a landline? I know he's on a bus, but, you know. No, he's, he's they don't have landlines on buses. The kids today don't know about this either. Can I tell you a little bit about my dermatologist? The fact that Eli's there are no father. landlines. Let's hear about him. So Eli's father calls me out of the blue the other day. Hey, Gash! No, he's not. He's not Rupert Murdoch. He Gash! Calls, calls me and says, "Rupert here." He says, "Gersh, it's Doctor Franco." And I'm like, "Oh my God! If you're calling me out of the blue, this has got to be bad." Because he took off a mole off my back about three weeks ago. Gersh, I need you to come in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking he's calling about the mole. Oh God! And the first words out of his mouth, I'm calling about my son. And I'm like, "How did his son get get a mole?" Oh my God! <laughs> his son has a mole. So turns out his son, I had no idea. His son is 16. My daughter's 15. So I'm thinking maybe maybe they know each other. Maybe there's some flirtation. No, it has nothing to do with that. His son is like a genius. Nice. Wrote an op-ed. I so, published it in the, the way, Daily so News. My son's also a genius. Your son is nine. Ten. Your, does your son think? Your son probably thinks seventeen-year-olds should have the right to vote. My son was was a staunch a staunch staunch Hillary supporter. You know what we should do? Yeah. Let's pay a couple of bills. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's pay a couple of bills because Eli hasn't called and I don't want to waste time. He might call in mid ad. We'll, if he calls we'll, in mid ad, we'll put him on the line and we'll ask him if he's had a great steak this week. There you go. So, guys, if Eli was on the phone right now, you know what I would tell him? What would you say? I'd say, Eli, I know your father's a dermatologist, but that means you probably need a dentist who's truly affordable and has the best care. And I would say, don't go to Dr. Frankel. Go to Dr. Joseph Lichter. Lichter's in Midwood. He's got a state-of-the-art office with great technicians and reasonable prices. That's his calling card, and I got the card right here. I'm talking about Zoom bleaching, $3.95. Dental implants, $12.50. Invisalign, the inside-the-mouth braces, uh, $39.95. Yeah. Now, Lichter is also the uh, dentist for the New York Riveters. They're a women's NHL team, which means they have very important dental needs. Uh, in fact, like if, if if their teeth break, they would say dental. Damn, they're right there. Yeah. Anyway, so you want to call Dr. Joseph Lichter at 718-339-7878, or visit him 1420 Avenue P in Midwood. JosephLichterDDS.com. You know what I love about Atlas Steakhouse? What I love about Atlas Steakhouse is the unique dining experience the guys there offer. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site at Atlas Steakhouse. Then. You pair it with a vintage from Atlas Steakhouse's extensive wine list or with one of the Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktails. You can enjoy a succulent Atlas Steakhouse appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut just as you desire. And when your meal at Atlas Steakhouse arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, the guys there always offer you a cut. Above the rest, Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them online all the time at atlassteak.com. Look, I would be remiss if I didn't say, oh, sure, it's great to eat an Atlas Steak. But what are you going to do when you get to be 70, 80, 90? And Atlas Steak is I still want that steak, Gersh. I still want that <laughs> steak. And Atlas Steak is celebrating its 70th anniversary. No, let me tell you something. You're going to want to stay in your home and eat the steak you want to eat. And that's when you're going to call Village Care Max. It's a Medicaid-managed long-term plan, meaning they're going to work with your doctors. They're going to work with your landlord. They're going to work with everybody in your neighborhood to make sure you can stay at home. Because that's the best result for an old person. Yeah, you don't want to go to these places where you have to be with other people. You don't want to go to a nursing home no. until nursing homes start advertising on this show. Exactly. Right. So for that, until then, Village Care Max. Just call them, 800 
469-6292 or visit them online at villagecaremax.org. And here's the slogan, Village Caremax, live the life, eat the steak you want to live and eat. There you go. And of course, Atlas Meat Market, Market is Brooklyn's premium meat market located at 387 Avenue X in beautiful Gravesend, Brooklyn. Great thing about Atlas Meat Market, you want your steak tonight for dinner? Don't have time to get out to Atlas Steakhouse? Give them a call. Place your order. You want a filet mignon? I don't eat steak. Wait, whoa, whoa. You don't eat steak? I'm a pescatarian, but let's not get off the tracks here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard to deal with <laughs> the these The kid people. on the phone would want a, uh, you know, go on. All right, we got to turn Johnny on to steak. Yeah. And Johnny, we got to turn him on to steak that you a, get yeah. at Atlas Meat Market. It's not pork, Johnny, because no. they're There's halal. No they're it's halal. all halal. You're not going to have to worry about the pork. Atlas Meat Market also delivers across the country. They do. Why don't we just we should call them right now and have the steak come in as we finish the show. And it would be great. You know, you can visit them online at atlasmeatmarket-hub.com. And you can get there by the train. You can take the F train. You can take it to Avenue X. Anything. One more station that's close by. Atlas Meat Market, 387 Avenue X in Gravesend, Brooklyn. Give them a call right now. Operators, as always, are standing by there. 347-915-2000. That's 347-915-2000. Atlas Meat Market. Wait, Brooklyn Steak. Is there is there a website really atlasmarket-hub? That's the worst URL ever. Let's see. Let's see if that's actually accurate. We're waiting no, for Eli Frankel to call us. they got to search magnified.com. No, no, I don't think that's the website. I right, just Google it. G- no, give the phone number again. We got we owe it to them. room full I operators. It's three four seven. Yeah. Nine one five. Pause for effect. Two thousand. So nine one five two thousand. Three four seven nine one five. So I can I can get a steak. They're Johnny, open from nine nine to eight thirty. Johnny, Call now, now. now that the commercials are Johnny, what don't you like about steak? No, I mean it tastes great, but I, I went pescatarian. What did you say? What is pescatarian? What I don't know. It's, is that uh, fish? It's, it's not unitarian. It's pescatarian. It sounds we, like fish. Yeah, it is fish. You got it. You Wait, but, fish. But here's the thing, Vince. Are, are you making Johnny? Are you making like a, a an a environmental statement? Here. Is it a political statement? <laughs> yeah. No. It's You're making political. Of, uh, sta- I will not have political <laughs> statements made on my show. That's right. Not until Eli calls. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. No, it's uh, you know, I took a class in college where we had to watch a lot of documentaries about. Food production and it changed my life. So you're gonna throw facts at me? I'm not. I don't know anything. I just know that when I saw the movie, movies, documentaries, it just made me think I can't. I I will attest to to the fact that Johnny knows nothing. Well, here's the thing I would say. When I interviewed Jonathan Safran Foer about his book Eating Animals, wait, I thought you interviewed him about your love life. (laughs) That was the second time. The first time was about eating animals, and we had a very. By the way, we're talking about Brooklyn legend Jonathan Safran Foer. I asked him. In your book, it says that eating organic grass-fed meat is is okay. So, and we talked a lot about how the there's not enough planet on planet Earth to raise that much meat in an organic grass-fed manner. And he said, "No, no, no, no. you're right about that. We all have to cut our consumption of meat by like ninety five percent, and then there would be enough planet on planet Earth to but grow can't that we meat. Just grow cows on rooftops. At can't some point, cows be on rooftops. It seems to me at some point." They will be able to g- literally grow cows without any need for land. Right? Yeah, sure. Right? Don't you think, Johnny? Yeah, I mean they they have meat farms that give them very little land to walk on. You yeah, know, keep them in a little box. I know what you're saying. Look, FYI, I had tofu last night. Nice. That's not that's not cow. No. No, I know. But the point is, I had tofu. Is that halal? As a concession to my daughter, who's now a vegetarian. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. Oh Jesus. I made tofu. I made a little tofu stir fry with bamboo shoots. 
and peppers and onions. But this is the thing that I'm talking about. You want kids voting, and they can't even make decisions on what they're going to eat. No, she made the decision. I'm just saying it's a bad decision. I know. That's what I'm saying. So you want them voting? They're making bad decisions. Couldn't her vote be an extension of her parents beliefs on voting too though well there is some danger and and johnny brings up a good point i was i teach did you text eli i did i teach a fourth grade journalism class now insert joke here go ahead insert any joke you want fourth grade journalist uh those kids must be as smart as you if not smarter okay good that's really wasn't very funny that's not funny anyway i teach fourth graders journalism and many of them have pointed out and I asked them, well, what do you, who do you like? You know, like, do you like Trump? Oh, we don't like Trump. Now, I know that their reaction is strictly a knee-jerk response to what they have heard in the household. And, and, I, and I do admit that young people are susceptible to that. However, teenagers, from what I have heard, can be quite rebellious. So I'd like to ask Eli about that. Oh, that's interesting. So take. perhaps they will vote the opposite of their parents without any concern for truth either. Again, that's what I'm saying. There, therein lies the problem. It's just a little weird that Eli hasn't called yet. Yeah, especially since that he said he would call. And especially since it's his bill that's being pushed at the Assembly today in a lobbying effort that will take place at our executive mansion in Albany. By Eric Robert Peter Johnny Carroll? No, Robert Carroll, who is the Assemblyman. Robert Peter Eric Carroll? No, Robert Carroll. He doesn't have like some middle name? I think it is Robert P. Carroll. Robert Peter Johnny, Carroll. get on that. Pete Carroll? Knock it on. Coach? Pete Carroll? Anyway, so it's a little sad that, oh, that Eli hasn't Pete called. And, and what we might do in the archived version of this, Vince, we may just cut this part. So if that's the case, maybe it's time to sing. Since we're going to have an assemblyman on, maybe it's time to sing oh, the national nice. anthem. We haven't done it in a while. Yeah, why don't you... Why don't you <clears throat> okay. Mm. Am I going high you're, and you're going low, or you're going low and I'm going high? Um, when you go low, I go high. When you go low, I go high. And by high. the way, uh, Bobby Carroll will call in five minutes. So let's do the, way, the I, national anthem. I went to the MS Walk this weekend. Yeah. And they did the national anthem before we started, which I was happy. Nice. Uh, I'm very patriotic, as you know. And I'm singing the national anthem, and my son is like getting embarrassed. He's like, Dad, you're the only no, you one. You've got to sing it. You're the only one singing it. I'm like, No, everyone should be singing Go, start us off. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail? At the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. That was a tough note. That was good. So thank you for singing. As you know, uh, we talked at the start of the show about how Vince and I both went to the Met game. On Sunday, the the Mets play God Bless America during the seventh inning stretch. (sighs) And as you know, my position in the Failing Daily News is clear. I'm against 
God bless America. A woman yelled at me. She said, take off your hat. It's God bless America. And I said, no, ma'am, it is not the anthem. She said, you're being disrespectful. And I said, no, I'm being respectful of our national anthem, which is the song that is our national rallying cry. But I bet you took your hat off during Cotton Eye Joe. No, it did not. Hey, not against the Cotton Eye Joe. I've <laughs> no. been married a long time ago. <laughs> the, um, Where did you come from? Where did you go? The, you know the Mets during the seventh inning stretch after Take Me Out to the Ball Game play that um, uh, What is that song? I don't know. It's some Italian song. They don't do Sweet Caroline they do that. anymore? No, no, no. Sweet no, Caroline's no. a Fenway thing. Yeah, I thought they did that at Shea. Mm-mm. They might have stole it. No, they did it at the Brooklyn Cyclones MCU Park. I'll see you at, at MCU. MCU. Anyway, so we're going to get a call in a second from Assemblyman Robert Carroll. Oh, he's calling now. Yeah, he's going to call. He's we, in. Eli is not calling. But well, I, maybe cooler heads, cooler heads will prevail, and we will keep these 16-year-olds from voting. Well, first of all, it's 17-year-olds, and I'm going to ask, we can ask Assemblyman Carroll, not only the tough questions on this, but is there any other issue that's important to readers? I'm putting forth the bill they can't vote until they're 21. Hold on, but what, are there any other issues? And then I'm going to make it so that they can't go to war until they're 21. <laughs> how about that? I like that. There you go. Can no, we how get about them to call on a landline, the Assemblyman? Uh, the, what do you it, it, makes the it makes a big difference. The Assemblyman is very busy. You know, what, you know what makes a big difference? Having the proper equipment working properly. That makes that a big would difference. Help too. Then they could call us from anywhere. They can call us with a with a bullhorn. That was a little shot across the, across your bow there, Johnny. Look, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> so you're, am I. I'd like you to do a little more than just try. Yeah. Anyway, so Assemblyman Robert Carroll, who took over just this year, and is the new assemblyman for Park Slope and other parts of the dis- district, used to be represented by for a long time by Jim Brennan, Assemblyman Jim Brennan. I got that Fox Sports Now app, Gersh. Tell me more. So while at the Met game last night, I was watching the Yankee game. They win last night. Exciting win. Very nice. exciting win. You got to see that Tanaka. He is something else. He is absolutely something else. Right. He I, had I, a lot I, of strikeouts. Gave him ten hits. A couple a of double hits. plays got him out of the inning. I guess all Baseball! I'm. <clears throat> I guess all I'm saying is Assemblyman Robert Carroll. Yes. A youngster out of Park Slope. He's been a. I wasn't the only one too. By the way, there was about four or five other people sitting around me, in the Hyundai uh, suite, watching the Yankee game while we we're at the Met game. Okay, as I said, Assemblyman Robert Carroll, he's a newcomer to Albany, and I think already, uh, it's good to know that he has not already been tainted by the Albany flu. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Yankees would be sitting with a 21-9 and record, about 30 games in the season, the Yankees would be at 21-9, and and the Mets were like hovering around 500, I would have said, that's about right. (laughs) You would not have said that. Um, I've just got a text message from the Assemblyman that he's talking to students It'll be a couple more minutes. Oh I mean, boy. maybe we you should are, put them on the phone. We are live uh, on the radio, and I'm going to tell him we are live. Uh, I just typed. We Have are, them we call are him. Love, you know, we, we, are we do love him. him. We are live. Anyway, so he's going to come on. We've already sung the national anthem, so our national uh, debate <laughs> we've about. We've done our commercials. We've done our commercials. We've done in the papers. Uh, <laughs> we've talked <laughs> we've about <laughs> our, talked our about bag of trick skirts. We've run out of tricks in our bag. Well, we've talked about my page three story in the Failing Daily News today, but it is a juggernaut. I'm already, just so you know, I've been, you know how on on regular TV shows, like the morning shows, they often will read their tweets? Well, I'd like to read my tweets. One of the women I quoted in my story, she says, no, Gersh, I didn't take my son to work every day. I took him with me on travel every time while breastfeeding at great personal expense. I am fortunate. I am an academic, yes, but I have never had anything handed to me on a silver plate. I paid for my education. Well, that's great. That's from Catherine Hayhoe, who I criticized in my... Was she on the list? She was on the list as powerful mom, but she also had taken advantage of 
very lax childcare rules at University of, uh, I believe it was Texas, Austin, uh, Texas Tech, where she teaches. She brought her kid to work with her in the class. Yeah, while she was breastfeeding, and I and I have no problem with breastfeeding moms. I think it's great. You breastfeed wherever you want. Breastfeed right here in the office if you want. In fact, yeah. like, next week let's have a breastfeeding mom on the show. We just have her in the room here. But don't but don't then tell me that my life story is so replicatable. I mean, a, a woman, a high-powered professional woman, she can't just bring a breastfeeding baby into the boardroom. She can't. In fact, you remember when Donald Trump was deposed in a lawsuit, he said, oh, that's disgusting. It's just, it's just disgusting. I can't do it. Can you do the Trump? Who's Say it's that? disgusting. He was talking about a woman who was breastfeeding. A woman who was breastfeeding. She's Trump, woman who's breastfeeding. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready? That's disgusting. No, that's not, uh, that wasn't a Trump no? impersonation. That's not it? It's I just, want the Bill O'Reilly from you. No, I got no Trump, it's, but I want just, the Bill O'Reilly. It's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. That's it was huge. Anyway, huge, so... Gina. Big Gina. Anyway, so the point is, Catherine Hayhoe is upset at my column, and the point is, Catherine Hayhoe, you know, she's got uh, a couple of followers on Twitter, and maybe that'll move some some patriots. She's do got, ca- uh, got 33,000 Do we have a Catherine Hayhoe sound effect? Hayhoe! Do we have that? <laughs> Do no, we? we should though. How's it go? Let's play that sound. I effect. have nothing. You do. I'm telling you. I got nothing here. I'm telling you. You gotta have something. What was Johnny? the story about the strip club and the the, the the failing Daily News? So failing Daily News had a great story yesterday about front how page story. It was great stories, and they put it on played it really nicely with a big picture of a of a stripper. But the point, the real story was about how this particular strip club wanted to be taxed at a lower rate because it was providing therapeutic. I believe that was the word therapeutic services to its customers. And so I said to the boss, hey, we got to send someone to a strip club. We yeah. find out if there really are therapeutic, uh, uh, therapeutic services being provided. And if so, maybe this is a model for Trump care. That's what I said. And the boss said, oh, that's a really good idea. And then I pick up the paper today, not a word, no. not a word. So what I'm saying is, if you want to run a newspaper in these, this day and age, you put Gersh Kunstman in charge. That's and right. that's true whether a paper is the Daily News or the Brooklyn paper. Brooklyn paper, possibly, yeah. Where we are still, I believe, in high-level negotiations to bring me back. Am I right? No. No, those negotiations have ended? <laughs> those negotiations oh, have ended. Oh, here's the phone. We're getting a call. Hold Shh. on. Let's see how this goes. Hi, is that Assemblyman Robert P. Carroll? Uh, it's Robert C. Carroll Gersh, but you can call me Bobby. Where did that happen? Oh, wow, anyway, he's oh, Bobby. Bobby. Now, wait a second. Who is Kevin P. Carroll? <laughs> uh, Kevin Peter Carroll is my cousin. Ah, aha! The first gotcha. There we go. <laughs> anyway, it's great. So to you have... got your whole family is trying to take over the government. Is that what's going on? That's exactly what it is. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a slow but then fast moving insurrection. No. So the good news is, if you're just tuning in, we have Assemblyman Bobby Carroll. Who is up in Albany right now, if I'm not mistaken, Assemblyman? Am I right? I am. I'm in my office in Albany. Fantastic. So today we're, we've we've talked about Eli Frankel, who's a young 16-year-old junior at Bard High School, who is coming to Albany with a group of 17-year-olds to lobby you and other members of the government to lower the state voting age to 17. Now, I know he's worked with you on this bill. First of all, are you, it's your bill, right? It's your bill. And as a teenager, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I feel really good. You know, I figured if I'm in the assembly, I might as well be able to vote for myself in the upcoming election. You know, it, that is important to me. We have talked about how Bobby Carroll, the new assemblyman, is young. But how old are you for the record? I'm actually 30. I'll be a whopping 31 later this year. I'm wow. Johnny, put up a picture of him. I'm telling you, like he looks like a kid. He'd get no. the baby face, very handsome. But let me tell you something. Bobby Carroll is a handsome guy, and he, I, I saw you on the street on Saturday or Sunday, and I said, maybe a 23, 24 
30. I got to say, if you go along the way you're, you're going, you're never going to need our advertiser, Village Care Max, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, so tell us about the bill, because uh, Eli failed to call us. So just give us the once-over about the bill. Sure. So the bill is pretty simple. It does three things. Um, the big thing it does is it lowers the voting age for state and municipal elections from 18 to 17. Okay. Um, and then it also has a component that would, uh, that would uh, force high schools uh, in the year a student turns 17 to provide them with both a voter registration form and then an opt-out form, a form that says a voter registration form was presented to me and I opted out to not you know, register mm -hmm. so that we can have a record to show that the schools are actually going out and doing it. Okay. And then a component to say that all high schools must provide a minimum of eight one-hour you know, one classes uh, in civics uh, during a student's high school career so that you know, we at least instill some, some values of what it means to be civically engaged. And that's the whole point of this. When uh, Eli Frankel and Christopher and Max Shatton came to my office, we were originally talking about um, they were interested in a bill that allowed for pre-registration um, of 16- and 17-year-olds to vote. And as we got talking, we all came to the realization that the real thing that we needed to do was make sure that 17-year-olds could vote. And I had just read, actually, in an, an Economist article that stated that if you do not become a regular voter by the time you're 25 years or younger, you're unlikely to ever become a regular voter. And so, you know, I think this is um, a way that we can instill a good habit in young people to make sure before they go to college, before they leave their parents' home, you know, that they have an opportunity to vote and that they've done it. Because once you've done something once, it's so much easier to do a second time. It doesn't have the same kind of, you know, fear factor or I don't know what that is or I don't care. If it's been instilled in you as a value, I think you'll go out and vote. Um, other countries do it. You know, Scotland, the voting age is 16. Um, there are... Bloody hell! <laughs> I was not Scottish, by the way. Sorry again. 16. It was a wonderful Scottish 16 accent. is but, young. But, I mean, this is not, this is not absolutely... Um, you know, earth-shattering. Other places have done this, um, and it has worked. And, you know, we have, we consistently have worse and worse voter turnout across the nation. In 1972, 50% of people between 18 and 25 voted in the 1972 presidential election. And in 2012, 38% voted. And in, those were both Second president's running for a second term, one, that very charismatic, youthful Richard Nixon. The other was, of course, that very old, curmudgeon Barack Obama. Nicely done. So basically, even though we had a young president, the youth didn't come out yeah, like, not, they, like they did for Nixon. Like they did for Nixon. Yeah, the youth came out for Nixon. Well, or to vote bigger. against him. Or right, to but, vote against but, him. But just because you give kids the right to vote at age 17, what makes you think they're actually going to go out? You really think that... Eight extra hours of civic class. I, I think I did the math right. Eight one-hour classes. That's eight hours. Eight, that's hours. eight hours. That's eight good hours. math. Okay. I know that was. No, it's tough because I I didn't have the Common Core. So, <laughs> I aren't these kids? I mean, first of all, what's going to get them to vote? Aren't they busy on their iPhones? Aren't they playing with their spinnies? What makes you think <laughs> they're going to actually go out and vote? And and then if they do vote. What makes you think they're gonna they're gonna actually do a good job voting? Why, these kids well, we are don't probably test for if it's a good job voting. You know, we do allow people to make bad decisions in voting. I think last year's election proves that. Hey, oh, yeah, I know. And isn't that a problem? Look, no. Look, I believe in. I, 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 I fundamentally actually believe 
that if we get more people to vote, the outcomes will become better and better. Because, yes, individually, are there people who make stupid choices in the world? Of course. But I think collectively, there are a lot more people who kind of get it and are with it than that are not. Um, my, my great concern, Assemblyman, I'm, and I'm Gersh Kunzman, of the failing Daily News. I'm a, I'm a longtime journalist. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm civically engaged. Yeah. Now, i got to tell you something. And it's not just young people. It's a lot of people. But I do see it in the youth. There is a level of civic dis- detachment that is shocking to the point where, as you know, newspapers are failing. Uh, other places to get real news, not fake news, real news, are failing. And that's a result, I think, of young people not getting into the news. So you're going to talk about six more hours, or eight more hours. I did the math badly. Eight, See? eight more hours of civic classes talking about the meaning of the Constitution. It's all good. I want that to happen. But will it work? I th- well, look, so I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I don't, I actually think p- young people, people who I guess I'm a, a slightly older millennial, but I'm still a millennial, I think young people want to be engaged. I think, you, I think it, the problem is the folks who are at the seats of power, be it in our government, be it in the media, uh, and everywhere in between, are analog. You know, they are baby boomers who are kind of trying to keep the status quo and the structure that worked for them and that was relevant for them and are talking to a bunch of people who are of an entirely different generation mm-hmm. in a way that they were talked to maybe in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. So, and, you know, I don't think that's working. And so, I think So we need, there, to change it, that. we need to change that. Yeah, I think we do. And look, I think it's the reason why, um, you know, Bernie Sanders you know, had this outpouring of young support because he was so, his authenticity, he was not so obviously mendacious, which I think so many people, the reason why they don't vote is because they think it is completely broken. You have people who are about preserving power structures. Look, I'm, I'm in Albany. Albany is a place that is about preserving power structures. That is a bipartisan uh, agreement between mm-hmm. all sides up here. And that is just something that I don't think 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds really, really want to partake in. And I think that is the reason why there are folks who are opting out. But, that, but, but Assemblyman, that's been true forever. For, I mean, for, forget about all For millennia. I mean, government has I mean, always been an accountability yeah, the, avoidance machine. The guys that are in charge now are the baby boomers. The baby boomers that in the 60s were preaching peace, love, and joy. And those are the guys in charge that are that have turned the world into what it is. What, what yeah, makes but, you but think? I would say the reason why I would say it's different, and look, I don't want to like delve, I don't want to pop psychologize my parents' generation. Mm. Um, but I mean, what I think is, I think, there's, I think there are fundamentally different things that were going on in the 60s and 70s between Vietnam and Watergate that distorted our politics. That even though our generation might have, you might say, has September 11th and the Iraq War, um, that also distorted our politics, um, that, it, that it is fundamentally different. And that we are, we have gotten past some of the, not just cultural wars uh, of the baby boomers, but some of the very, you know, toxic, I think, politics. And I think if we get more people to vote, um, of all generations, this is not just, I think, more people being engaged, people don't want to see uh, you know, government that doesn't work. People don't want to see people who are trying to protect their own political base at the uh, detriment of everyone else or, you know, working to um, 
enrich and empower um, the folks who are most like them. Yeah, but, I think most people. But my point was, Assemblyman, that has been a complaint about government since probably the founding of our republic. Yeah, no, I'm not, I, yes, I'm not suggesting that that is revolutionary, but I think the one thing that since the founding of our republic, what we have continually done is try to expand the franchise. That is and true. I think we can make a further step of expanding the franchise. And I think by doing that, hopefully, we're a state that ranks somewhere between the 41st and last in voter turnout every single election. Mm. We're a state that has terrible participation. And we are a state that has a dysfunctional state government. And I think that's, that, and that happens because we don't have people participating. Well, okay, so and we've got to try to fix that. And, you know, the problem is, you know, so many of the folks in our state live downstate. And so they focus on what's going on in the city council or their county supervisor. And they don't realize that most of the laws, most of the budgets are all being passed up here in Albany, and nobody's paying attention. Well, I'm, I pay attention to you, and here's why. You're a young, no, but you're a young voice. Now, here's the thing. If I'm a 17-year-old voter, say you give me the franchise, yeah. I look at the ballot, unless I live in Park Slope, I'm looking at a bunch of old, mostly white men running for office. When am I going to see an 18-year-old? Is there, is there, there's no voting, uh, there's no age limit on assembly, assembly people. Could I get an 18-year-old assemblyman to run? Can I get Eli Frankel to run? You, you could, and we should, look, we need, look, we have a, we do not, I mean, one of the biggest uh, problems with the assembly is we, it is disproportionately old. You know, the assembly are, are you one the, of are you one of the youngest? I'm guessing I'm you're the, one of the youngest, if not the youngest person. I'm the second youngest. Who's There's a bunch younger? of people who are right around thirty. Um, but because I'm born in October you know, there's like two or three other people born in 86, but I'm technically the youngest 86. of that group. I mean, there's one guy born in like 87. Jesus. But there's like probably, you know, six of us maybe who are like between like 30 and 33. You've got to form a caucus, the youth yeah, you, caucus. You have a caucus up there? <laughs> what do you guys do? Do you guys work together on things? You should. Um, to make change in Albany, which drastically and I guess like needs three change? Three of us entered this year, and so, you know, I think we're all friends. I mean, I think it's something that... You know, we we talk about, I mean, it's important to me. I think it's important that we have folks who are talking about issues that are uniquely for 20- and 30-year-olds with problems of, like, student loan debt, housing, um, that, you know, different generations just do not face in the same kind of existential way. Are you guys from uh, both parties? Are you all Democrats? Who, um, who, no, who are, are you guys? Young, there's some young, there's, a, there's one young Republican, there's a couple of young Republicans, that's not true. There are a couple of young Republicans. Uh, there was one in our class who I think is a, a couple of years older than me, but is a young guy. Maybe, maybe. Like, but do you guys all get along? You talk to each other? Yeah, no, I mean, look, people talk. I mean, look, we... You go out for beers? We go out for beers. <laughs> I have a beer every once in a while only. You can have Albany. a beer. There's nothing wrong with having a beer. Assemblyman, you can have a beer. That's allowed. <laughs> As the people of the great state of New York, we allow you to have a beer once as in a while. As long as it's a New York beer. Yeah. Yes, no, I always, always drink local. Okay. None, of those, none of that rolling rock. No, but I think that what, what, what Assemblyman Carroll, what Bobby Carroll is talking about is taking over the, and shaking up the old guard in Albany, in the Albany Softball League. You got to get everybody on a team, because you got six young guys up there. You could you could destroy. Oh, we could. Yeah, we could I mean, destroy the old man. Oh, you got. I mean, do that. that's that is something we are gonna. I, we might just start having like foot races to go. decide who's allowed to, 
you know, sponsor a bill. All right. So now, listen, you're pushing this bill to give 17-year-olds the franchise. But because you've been good enough to come on the show, we're going to give you a couple of seconds, maybe even a minute, plug anything else. What's another thing that's big right now for you in Albany that's really on your agenda as important? Go. I mean, I think, look, any any type of voting reforms. I mean, any way that we can make sure that people are allowed to vote early, to have no and false often. absentee voting, <laughs> and often, let's be like Chicago, um, <laughs> make sure that we have easier ballot access. I mean, any if we want to, the magic wish for Albany is reforming the way our elections work, because that will actually reform the body. I thought you were going to say the magic wish was uh, term limits. <laughs> no, yeah. They don't no. talk about that very well, much. We can up talk there. about that. I got no problem talking about that. I also have a great town hall tomorrow night at John Jay High School oh, well, there you go. with Comptroller Stringer about the state and city budget and how it's going to be affected by Donald Trump. It's going to be a great time. Doors open well, at 6.30. It starts at 7. Give us a highlight. So that's Wednesday at 7 o'clock, but give us a highlight of how the budget is going to be affected by Donald Trump. All right, so, I mean, the easy one. About $30 billion of the state budget are Medicaid dollars from the federal government. Mm-hmm. If we touch Medicaid in any the way that they have passed in Trump-Ryan care... That's going to cost the state between 2.5 and 7.5 billion dollars. Yeah, but but Cuomo is not going to do that. So that's a moot point, right? No, 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 no. That's federal. Th- those are federal dollars. Yeah, but I'm saying states would get a waiver, right, to 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 opt out of Obamacare. We're not, we would never do that. No, 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 no. The, for the Ryan Care. Oh, Ryan Care. The Ryan Care that's coming in, if it comes in, there is a provision directly in it that would cost us $2.5 billion right off the bat. Well, that's a lot of money. I that's mean, Vin- Vince and I money. don't have that kind of money. And, no, no. you know, we've got, you know, our MTA capital budget uh, is $28 billion for the next five years. That's presuming that we get about almost $8 billion from the federal government. What's the proposal? I mean, has Trump already spoken about cutting that? Because he has talked about increasing infrastructure expenses. You know, um, he has not specifically talked about um, cutting mass transit uh, to subways, but, I mean, he's talked about cutting Amtrak significantly, which I think only means that, you know, I don't think the Republican Congress from the middle of the country really cares about whether, you know, the signals on the F-line are going to be updated or not. Is Trump a baby boomer? I no, think no. he's a baby boomer. He's no, like he's, 70. No, he's, he's 70. He could be a baby boomer. He's like 1946. He's like At 46, the first he's a baby of the baby boomer. boomers. He's a baby boomer. The last year. Of the Why are these guys against trains? I, I don't understand it. Well, not I, every baby boomer is They're against all trains. against trains. <laughs> they all moved out to the suburbs and drove. I take a train to Albany every week. I no, take the apologies. subway every day. I don't have a car. I love trains. Okay, but I'm pro-train. How long is, does that take, trains from uh, Albany, New York? From Penn to the Albany station, it's two and a half hours. You know what they got to do? They got to move the capital to New York City. I'm tired of this. Yeah. That'll, that's never <laughs> happening, is it, that's, Bobby Carroll? That's not going to happen. Look, that's a, I'm all for unwinnable fights, but maybe not that one. I mean, you, it'd be more likely they would move the capital to Jerusalem than Tel Aviv than New York. They would love to do that because there wouldn't be anybody reporting on them. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, all right, so, so you're talking about the budget on Wednesday at John Jay High School in Park Slope. If anybody can hear the sound of my voice, that's, Get out on, there. that's on 7th Avenue. I, I definitely think... Park Slope, you got to call up Colin Mixon and tell him about that because he'll write about it. <laughs> but what, what I was trying to say before Vince rudely interrupted me with a plug for his reporter was simply, Colin Mixon. was simply that it's important, and i got to say, I'm not a big activist, and I'm, putting, I'm making air quotes, let the record show. Atlas Steakhouse. But I'm not an activist because I, I'm a journalist, but I do believe that the more people talk about the impact of some of Trump's policies, and I've been writing about it, I, I know, you, thank you for the plug, I've been writing about it in the Daily News the other day about his EPA 
uh, scientific board firings. You just start firing scientists. And in this case, what you're talking about is, is cutting infrastructure. You actually affect voters. You, aff you affect their lives. And that's why I like to have a guy like Bobby Carroll up there in Albany fighting for me. That's great stuff. Oh, thank you for that plug, Gersh. That was plug. very nice. That was very seamless. Well, <laughs> you're not up there. You're not up for re-election for a couple of years, am I right? No, I'm next year. Every two years i got to run. Yeah, the assembly, that's tough there. Next year. Hey, you voting for Amalio Takis for mayor? <laughs> Big laugh no. from Bobby Carroll. And no. Straight up no. Nicole Maliotakis, for the record, if you're just tuning in, is a Republican who's going to be running for mayor. Uh, I imagine that Democrat Assemblyman Bobby Carroll does not back her bid. I, I, I do not. I bet she doesn't get more than over under 25% of the vote. I'd go under. Okay, but you, but you, you work with her up there in Albany. How is she as a legislator? I... Yeah, empty suit, right? Underwhelming. <laughs> Underwhelming. Wow. <laughs> Freshman Assemblyman Bobby Carroll slamming Assemblywoman. There's, there's, there's your headline. Nicole Maliotakis, <laughs> who is a Republican from Staten Island. I got to say, I've met the Assemblywoman once or twice. She's coming into the Brooklyn Paper offices next Thursday for an editorial board meeting, and I will ask her the tough questions, one of which will be, Bobby Carroll says you're an empty suit. <laughs> I don't think that was the exact well, quote. You, That's you a should statement. Ask her why, you should ask her why she is obsessed with undocumented immigrants when it seems like her father was an undocumented immigrant. Interesting. Uh, when you say it seems like, was Well, because she could not answer how her father, who was an immigrant, I believe, from Greece, um, what his immigration story was. She couldn't answer if whether he was documented or not. Okay. I had a grandfather who was, or great-grandfather, who was undocumented. I knew that. Why can't she tell, you know, what, how her father came to this country, especially when she makes it one of her main campaign platforms mm. is, you know, to, um, you know, go after and vilify undocumented immigrants in our city. I mean, it's absolutely no. ridiculous, and, and she should be made I, to answer I, I will ask her about that. And, you know, it's funny. I'm not going to speak for the legislators in, in Arizona or Texas, but in New York City, Assemblyman Carroll, would you say we have a problem with illegal, immig undocumented immigration? Is, there, I, is that I, a problem? I, 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 I do not. I would say, you know, if you want, you know, New York City to function the way it has always functioned, well, it has always had undocumented workers, uh, and it will continue to have undocumented workers. And, you know, this idea that people who come here, uh, you know, if I want to get up on a soapbox, for a better life to provide to our society, you know, that we're going to now try to push them into the shadows and make them fear uh, being deported or being, um, you know, persecuted in our city is ridiculous. And, I mean, this is the, you know, American story. You know, it was... Irish and Italians and Germans and Jews and Polish people and Russian people in the 19th and early 20th century. And then it was people from the Caribbean and Southeast Asia and Central America and the Caribbean. Uh, and, you know, that has made our city right. vibrant. we got to get some stirring music under what you're saying. <laughs> Let's get some stirring music there, Johnny. <laughs> Uh, but Assemblyman, but you look, said I'm preaching to the choir you said, here. You said what you said was funny. It's like if if we want New York to function as it has always functioned, you mean basically all of us exploiting undocumented immigrants for so, generations. No, he's, basically, what he's saying is uh, Michael Grimm had a right to pay those people off the books. Oh, Michael Grimm. <laughs> Thank uh, you, guys. Let, that's, exact, that's exactly what I was let the saying. Record I would show. think tax evasion is why. <laughs> let the record show that Vince is joking about former congressman and uh, prisoner Michael Grimm. Anyway, <laughs> Assemblyman Bobby Carroll, you're pushing a bill to help 17-year-olds get the right to vote. I back you on this bill. Vince does not, for the um, record. I'm against. Okay, but... You're against the youth. 
but you, I'm yes, against the youth of today. They're voting with their hearts, not their heads. We got to pay some bills, but Assemblyman Bobby Carroll, who has a, a town hall meeting on Wednesday night at John Jay High School with count, uh, con, what's his name, the controller, Scott controller, controller Scott, Scott Stringer, talking about the impact of the Trump budget. Bobby Carroll, thank you for joining us on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Well, thank yes. you so much, guys. And tell Kevin Peter we said hi. I will. <laughs> All right, there bye. he goes. Anyway, we got to pay some bills. I got to say, Assemblyman P- Kev- Bobby Carroll. Bobby Carroll, great, great job. Anyway. Bobby Carroll, if you were still on the line, I would say to you, you got a nice mouth. I'd hate to see something bad happen to it. <laughs> anyway, that's why you should go to Dr. Joseph Lichter. Yes. The guy's got a state-of-the-art dental office with hygienists and technology and equipment that keeps the prices low. For example, bleaching, Zoom bleaching, $3.95. Dental implants, $12.50. Invisalign, that's those adult braces, $39.95. He's also the dentist for the New York Riveters hockey team, so you know they need quality dental care. And so do you. 718-339-7878. You call up Dr. Joseph Lichter or go to his office at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood. You want to find him online? He's www.josephlichterdds.com. Now point out that that's P is in periodontal. Correct? Correct. Atlas Meat Market, 387 Avenue, X in Brooklyn, 347-915-2000. Call them now. Operators are standing by. Why? Because you want a delicious steak for dinner tonight. You do. You do. And you and want it. Everyone but Johnny. Does. And you want it delivered to your house. They will do that. You want to pick it up at the store. They'll do that, too. They've got the finest uh, steak. Things. Yeah. Chops. Chicken. chicken. You got the chicken. No feel. No, they have veal. No, oh, I'm sorry. They had the veal. <laughs> no pork. No pork. No pork loin. That is that is halal. It's not allowed. But Atlas Meat Market has it all. Please, it is your number one neighborhood butcher shop in Gravesend. Atlas Meat Market at 387 Avenue X, Brooklyn. Give them a call right now. 347-915-2000. Putting meat on Brooklyn's table. Atlas Meat Market. Make America plate again. There you go. Make America plate again. I, I did like that. I like it. All right. Look, you can't eat that meat, and you can't, like Bobby Carroll, vote when you're 17 if you're stuck in a nursing home. You don't want to be stuck in a nursing home. You want to call Village Care Max because they're a Medicaid-managed care plan that helps you stay in your home. They'll work with your doctors. They'll work with your landlord. They'll work with anybody who's going to help you stay in your home. Maybe get you the Social Security money that you didn't even know you had. Anyway, Village Care Max. All you got to do is call them, 800 800- 469-6292 or visit the website villagecaremax.org and here's the slogan Village Care Max live the life you want to live wow at the steakhouse dine a cut above the rest select your premium cut it's aged on site for optimal texture and taste enjoy delicious vintage wines that are or expertly mixed cocktails and signature appetizers while Atlas Steakhouse crafts your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece. Complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert. Each dessert sweeter than the last. And you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse you always dine a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Find them online at Atlas Steak. Someone, someone, give uh, Vince a bathrobe so he can be uh, Isaac Hayes there. That was fantastic. I like that. that. Was a good job. All right, listen, we got to get out. Night. We had a great show. Thanks for playing the. We'll, we'll play us out, Johnny. Play us out. We play had, us out. Uh, we had Assemblyman Bobby Carroll and of take course, it away, Vince DiMaselli, a handsome man, and of course Gersh Kunstman, your host. 
of the failing New York Daily News. Call us, write us, listen to us every Tuesday on brooklynpaper.com. We've done it again. See you next week.